Chapters 21 through 25 of Theologia Germanica. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter. Theologia Germanica by an anonymous author. Translated by Susanna Winkworth. Chapters 21 through 25. Chapter 21 How a friend of Christ willingly fulfilleth by his outward works such things as must be and ought to be, and does not concern himself with the rest. Now it may be asked, what is the state of a man who followeth the true light to the utmost of his power? I answer truly, it will never be declared aright, for he who is not such a man can neither understand nor know it, and he who is knoweth it indeed, but he cannot utter it, for it is unspeakable. Therefore let him who would know it give his whole diligence that he may enter therein. Then will he see and find what hath never been uttered by man's lips. However, I believe that such a man hath liberty as to his outward walk and conversation, so long as they consist with what must be or ought to be. But they may not consist of what he merely willeth to be. But oftentimes a man maketh to himself many must-bees and ought-to-bees which are false, the which ye may see hereby that when a man is moved by his pride or covetousness or other evil dispositions, to do or leave undone anything he oft times saith, it must needs be so, and ought to be so. Or if he is driven to or held back from anything by the desire to find favor in men's eyes, or by love, friendship, enmity, or the lusts and appetites of his body, he saith, it must needs be so, and ought to be so. Yet behold, that is utterly false. Had we no must-be's nor ought-to-be's, but such as God and truth show us, and constrain us to, we should have less forsooth to order and do than now, for we make to ourselves much disquietude and difficulty, which we might well be spared and raised above. Chapter 22 How sometimes the Spirit of God, and sometimes also the evil spirit, may possess a man and have the mastery over him. It is written that sometimes the devil and his spirit do so enter into and possess a man that he knoweth not what he doeth and leaveth undone, and hath no power over himself, but the evil spirit hath the mastery over him, and doeth and leaveth undone in and with and through and by the man what he will. It is true, in a sense, that all the world is subject to and possessed with the evil spirit, that is, with lies, falsehood, and other vices and evil ways, this also cometh of the evil spirit, but in a different sense. Now a man who should be in like manner possessed by the Spirit of God, so that he should not know what he doeth or leaveth undone, and have no power over himself, but the will and Spirit of God should have mastery over him, and work and do and leave undone with him and by him what and as God would, such a man were one of those of whom St. Paul saith, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, and they are not under the law, but under grace. And to whom Christ saith, For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. But I fear that for one who is truly possessed with the Spirit of God, there are a hundred thousand or an innumerable multitude possessed with the evil spirit. This is because men have more likeness to the evil spirit than to God. For the self, the I, the me, and the like, 
all belong to the evil spirit, and therefore it is that he is an evil spirit. Behold, one or two words can utter all that hath been said by these many words. Be simply and wholly bereft of self. But by these many words the matter hath been more fully sifted, proved, and set forth. Now men say, I am in no wise prepared for this work, and therefore it cannot be wrought in me, and thus they find an excuse, so that they neither are ready nor in the way to be so. And truly there is no one to blame for this but themselves, for if a man were looking and striving after nothing but to find a preparation in all things, and diligently gave his whole mind to see how he might become prepared, verily God would well prepare him. For God giveth as much care and earnestness and love to the preparing of a man as to the pouring in of his spirit when the man is prepared. Yet there be certain means thereunto, as the saying is, to learn an art which thou knowest not, four things are needful. The first, and most needful of all, is a great desire and diligence and constant endeavor to learn the art, and where this is wanting, the art will never be learned. The second is, a copy or ensample by which thou mayest learn. The third is to give earnest heed to the master, and watch how he worketh, and to be obedient to him in all things, and trust him, and follow him. The fourth is to put thine own hand to the work, and practice it with all industry. But where one of these four is wanting, the art will never be learned and mastered. So likewise is it with this preparation. For he who hath the first, that is, through diligence and constant persevering desire toward his end, will also seek and find all that appertaineth thereunto, or is serviceable and profitable to it. But he who hath not that earnestness and diligence, love and desire, seeketh not, and therefore findeth not, and therefore remaineth ever unprepared, and therefore he never attaineth unto that end. Chapter 23 He who will submit himself to God, and be obedient to him, must be ready to bear with all things to wit, God himself and all creatures, and must be obedient to them all, whether he have to suffer or to do. There be some who talk of other ways and preparations to this end, and say we must lie still under God's hand, and be obedient and resigned and submit to him. This is true, for all this would be perfected in a man who should attain to the uttermost that can be reached in this present time. But if a man ought and is willing to lie still under God's hand, he must and ought also to be still under all things, whether they come from God himself or the creatures, nothing excepted. And he who would be obedient, resigned and submissive to God, must and ought to be also resigned, obedient and submissive to all things, in a spirit of yielding and not of resistance, and take them in silence, resting on the hidden foundations of his soul, and having a secret inward patience that enableth him to take all chances or crosses willingly, and whatever befalleth, neither to call for nor desire any redress or deliverance or resistance or revenge, but always in a loving, sincere humility to cry, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Behold, this were a good path to that which is best, and a noble and blessed preparation for the farthest goal which a man may reach in this present time. This is the lovely life of Christ, for he walked in the aforesaid paths perfectly and wholly unto the end of his bodily life on earth, 
Therefore, there is no other and better way or preparation to the joyful life of Jesus Christ than this same course, and to exercise oneself therein as much as may be. And of what belongeth thereunto we have already said somewhat. Nay, all that we have here or elsewhere said and written is but a way or means to that end. But what the end is knoweth no man to declare, but let him who would know it follow my counsel and take the right path thereunto, which is the humble life of Jesus Christ. Let him strive after that with unwearied perseverance, and so without doubt he shall come to that end which endureth for ever. For he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Chapter 24 How that four things are needful before a man can receive divine truth and be possessed with the Spirit of God. Moreover, there are yet other ways to the lovely life of Christ besides those we have spoken of, to wit that God and man should be wholly united, so that it can be said of a truth that God and man are one. This cometh to pass on this wise. Where the truth always reigneth, so that true perfect God and true perfect man are at one, and man so giveth place to God, that God himself is there, and yet the man too. And the same unity worketh continually, and doeth and leaveth undone, without any I and me and mine and the like. Behold, there is Christ, and nowhere else. Now seeing that here there is true perfect manhood, so there is a perfect perceiving and feeling of pleasure and pain, liking and disliking, sweetness and bitterness, joy and sorrow, and all that can be perceived and felt within and without. And seeing that God is here made man, he is also able to perceive and feel love and hatred, evil and good and the like. As a man who is not God feeleth and taketh note of all that giveth him pleasure and pain, and it pierceth him to the heart, especially what offendeth him, so it is also, when God and man are one, and yet God is the man. There everything is perceived and felt that is contrary to God and man, and since there man becometh not, and God alone is everything, so is it with that which is contrary to man and a sorrow to him. And this must hold true of God so long as a bodily and substantial life endureth. Furthermore, mark ye, that the one being in whom God and man are united, standeth free of himself and of all things, and whatever is in him is there for God's sake and not for man's or the creature's. For it is the property of God to be without this and that, and without self and me, and without equal or fellow. But it is the nature and property of the creature to seek itself and its own things, and this and that, here and there, and in all that it doeth and leaveth undone, its desire is to its own advantage and profit. Now where a creature or a man forsaketh and cometh out of himself and his own things, there God entereth in with his own, that is, with himself. Chapter 25 Of two evil fruits that do spring up from the seed of the evil spirit, and are two sisters who love to dwell together, one is called spiritual pride and high-mindedness, the other is false, lawless freedom. Now after that a man hath walked in all the ways that lead him unto the truth, and exercised himself therein, not sparing his labor, now as often and as long as he dreameth that his work is altogether finished, and he is by this time quite dead to the world and come out of self and given up to God alone, 
Behold, the devil cometh, and soweth his seed in the man's heart. From this seed spring two fruits. The one is spiritual fullness, or pride. The other is false, lawless freedom. These are two sisters who love to be together. Now it beginneth on this wise, the devil puffeth up the man, till he thinketh himself to have climbed the topmost pinnacle, and to have come so near to heaven that he no longer needeth scripture, nor teaching, nor this, nor that, but is altogether raised above any need. Whereupon there ariseth a false peace and satisfaction with himself, and then it followeth that he saith or thinketh, Yea, now I am above all other men, and know and understand more than any one in the world. Therefore it is certainly just and reasonable that I should be the Lord and commander of all creatures, and that all creatures, and especially all men, should serve me and be subject unto me. And then he seeketh and desireth the same, and taketh it gladly from all creatures, especially men, and thinketh himself well worthy of all this, and that it is his due, and looketh on men as if they were the beasts of the field, and thinketh himself worthy of all that ministereth to his body and life and nature, in profit or joy or pleasure, or even pastime and amusement, and he seeketh and taketh it wherever he findeth opportunity. And whatever is done or can be done for him seemeth him all too little and too poor, for he thinketh himself worthy of still more and greater honor than can be rendered to him. And of all the men who serve him and are subject to him, even if they be downright thieves and murderers, he saith nevertheless that they have faithful, noble hearts, and have great love and faithfulness to the truth and to poor men. And such men are praised by him, and he seeketh them and followeth after them wherever they be. But he who doth not order himself according to the will of these high-minded men, nor is subject unto them, is not sought after by them nay, more likely blamed and spoken ill of, even though he were as holy as St. Peter himself. And seeing that this proud and puffed-up spirit thinketh that she needeth neither scripture nor instruction nor anything of the kind, therefore she giveth no heed to the admonitions, order, laws, and precepts of the holy Christian church, nor to the sacraments, but mocketh at them, and at all men who walk according to these ordinances, and hold them in reverence. Hereby we may plainly see that those two sisters dwell together. Moreover, since this sheer pride thinketh to know and understand more than all men besides, therefore she chooseth to prate more than all other men, and would fain have her opinions and speeches to be alone regarded and listened to, and counteth all that others think and say to be wrong, and holdeth it in derision as a folly. End of chapters 21 through 25 Recording by J. A. Carter, www.afewparagraphs.com.